Hello and welcome to another episode of the Space Update. Hope you're all well today. Coming up on today's show, we'll be talking Starship SN9. Just done a static fire that one. Uh, mission extension announcements from NASA and all your latest space news. I'm your host, Ryan, and join me today's. I'm Mikko, the host of Deep Dive Fridays. I'm another space nut, a regular here at Total Space. Welcome, guys, and uh, welcome to everyone tuning in, uh, whether you're live or watching this later on in the day. Um, let's just kick off with the uh, most recent news. Uh, well, apart from Starship, we've got Skyrora, uh, a UK company we keep an eye on here. Uh, they've just tested the second stage for their XL rockets, which is really exciting news. One of their vacuum engines um, done some more testing on that, which is really promising to see. Um, a lot of exciting things coming from those guys. Uh, obviously, we're supposed to be doing site visits and everything up there in Scotland, but due to COVID-19, it's been pushed back and everything so far. Um, but a lot coming from them, and we've previously had them on the show, and we'll probably get uh, Skyrora back on the show in the near future. Yeah, Skyrora has been one of the most in- interesting guests we've had, and it's nice for UK space to get some rockets going. Yeah, and they just recently put out a statement that uh, the stage found a full stack fire test, essentially, of uh, the upper stage of the XL orbital launch vehicle, and it just brings Skyra that one step closer to being a fully capable launch vehicle, really. Um, test test was not only a verification of the engine itself, it actually t- tested the fluid systems and the flight software and the vehicle structure and performed various burns and manoeuvres that would simulate flight at the upstage in orbit, essentially. So it's not just a static type fire test, the test and the system as a whole, how it how it starts up, how it performs while it's firing and everything. So it's quite interesting that they're doing all that in one go, essentially. I would agree. I mean, they're quite an innovative company, what we've seen of them. They're quite aggressive in chasing very near deadlines and trying to get hardware on orbit very quickly yeah and i think we got uh, just a quick video that we can uh, show you that they posted out on their youtube earlier on to today i believe we've got audio coming back on that nice looking static fire yeah yeah absolutely fantastic there but uh really really promising what uh the carrying carrying out there and everything um what's just really exciting news just to see from a uk company um and we also had space bit on uh, recording last night so a lot of uh, great things coming next week for that one we'll keep most of it under wraps for next week's episode on that's another uk space company i won't say too much on that um we've already posted some little messages out there uh got uh, an exciting project uh coming up uh with space bits uh, allowing us to uh put some sort of uh payload of our own onto a little moon rover that's going up to the moon later this year we, that might involve you sending something to us to send up there so you could have something on the moon very exciting it feels like being a brit and being into rockets i've spent years saying to people yeah we just don't launch anything i'm interested in watching american launches and and things in new zealand and now i can proudly say that over the coming years being british means that we are getting a proper space program and we are starting to put things into orbit it's great yeah yeah and swiftly moving on to uh Honestly, the uh, most exciting uh, project at the moment is serial number nine of the Starship uh, program from Elon and SpaceX and everyone. Uh, that one's just literally done a second static fire, but a uh, very short one, this one, wasn't it? It was, and there is um, some 
chatter on Twitter regarding a piece of debris that was seen leaving the um, testing area at high speed. Yeah, and Elon did tweet about the engine fires. Uh, this was a first, uh, there's now been two engine starts and he did tweet that they will do a third one shortly. So let's see if it happens tonight, actually. There's also some rumors of uh, some debris from either nearby or from the Starship itself possibly coming loose, whether it was just a sheet of metal from the launch pad or test stand, if you like, or whether it was something else we don't know. So we'll have to see if one of the engines blew itself up or whether it was just a bit of a sheet of metal that came loose somewhere. Yeah, the launch launch stand has been taking quite a few hits. And uh, also, I was just looking at the FAA approval uh, certificate for all that. It's the actual, actual height for this flight is unlimited. And um, we've also seen a lot of the heat talent being added onto the belly belly side of the Starship. So could see a, maybe a 20k or 25k hop, maybe, or flight, if you like. I still kind of think that they will do the same as with SN8 and actually land it. I would have to agree with Miko there. I think they're going to perform the same 12.5k hop and hope to nail the landing. I did do a poll on Twitter and 68 people voted. I believe it was something like 74% of that also said that the, they believe SpaceX will nail the landing. Yeah, and the uh, heat tiles, they may may have maybe trying another type of attachment or maybe the different tiles even, how they do with the vibrations and airflow. Yeah, because um, Starship, the, what the material is made out of is essentially a lot more flexible than the likes of some of the others we've seen, like the shuttle or the even the Dragon module itself. It's quite tough and not very flexible, where we see the stainless steel, essentially, essentially a rolled sheet of stainless steel, and you, if you press hard enough, you can make it flex. Um, if you press hard enough, well, I think it's only, what is it, uh, 10 to 15 mil thick, that sheet? It's actually only four millimeters thick. Exactly. So you could literally just nudge it with your fist and make it flex. So with the heat heat shielding, it's got to take the enormous force of the atmosphere, and you've got to think: will it buckle under all that pressure if there's too much of a flat area? So got to think about that as well over the the structure of the body flexing with the enormous amount of pressure. If there's only four millimeters uh, of rolled steel there. Yeah, stainless steel does vary in length quite a bit in hot and cold temperatures. And also we've seen uh, what we assumed was SN12 is actually SN15 being stacked up in the mid-bay, which is that key one that Elon said uh, was going to have major changes, whether it's external or internal workings, major updates on that one. Yeah, and it kind of seems like they are skipping... Number 13 and 14. But you sometimes skip numbers like 13 and 14 to use those numbers up for sometimes like extra tank tests or extra tests. As we've seen previously, uh, I think they skipped, was it six or seven? I can't quite remember. I think it was SN7 they skipped, I think, which went straight to eight. Yeah, SN7 was a test tank. And 7.1 as well. Yeah. Yeah, so essentially SN7 wasn't actually a starship of any kind. Big or small, so we could see the same with the uh, twelve and thirteen. Potentially, some more tests on that. 
Um, but um, staying with SpaceX, um, we've just seen a approval to from SpaceX to actually send uh, 10 Starlink satellites into a polar orbit, which will be on the recent uh, Transporter 1 launch just coming up. Hopefully within the next few days, it keeps getting pushed back bit, bit by bit. Yeah, that's interesting one for me because maybe Finland will actually get some coverage with the polar satellites. Well, I see pictures that it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and did you also hear that uh, UK is the first European country to get Starlink approval has been done already? Yeah, as to when we'll get it, who knows and how much it'll be. Um, obviously, it's going to start out quite high until we start getting more Starlink up there, as Elon's mentioned. Um, but I think it'd be great for more rural, rural areas, uh, probably around where SpaceNut is, down in the... Uh, Further down south from here, I won't say exactly where, but yeah, I know you struggle with it, don't you? The joys of living in rural England, they have, uh, there's so many benefits to living in rural England, but the one huge disadvantage, especially doing live streams like this and podcasts, is by far the internet. And I think Starlink will save a lot of headache for me. Yeah, yeah. And also staying with Transporter 1, they had um, a bit of an issue when they were stacking some of the data set satellites that were part of the blackjack program um a bit of a strange one a mishap happened while they were stacking some of the satellites and the payload separation system accidentally released so not ideal when you're trying to stack a bunch of satellites it suddenly uh, pops the payloads up fairings open well no <laughs> i think you usually the fairing is closed quite a while before the launch actually happens days maybe even a week yeah, so it's a bit of a strange one. That was one of the rumours anyway. Um, two of them somehow got damaged, um, whether it was during the stacking or before the fairings went on or during that process, who knows. But uh, we'll probably never know with it being the DARPA satellites because they never know you let, let you know too much information about all those. I've yeah, got my brain, waiting mel- uh, brain melting wave gun or something on board because it's DARPA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, also just... Uh, Earlier in the, in the day and everything, we've had um, the Agua Dragon to get the dock, well, release from uh, the International Space Station um, coming back down to uh, Earth very shortly. Hopefully not too many boats around this one when it lands in the water. Yeah, hopefully. I think the next challenge will be the Crew-1 landing because we've already had 20 cargo capsules and haven't heard about anything with those. Yeah, yeah. And um, we've also had the Cygnus cargo earlier, earlier, just before uh, the cargo capsule uh, went back from the International Space Station. And that one's from not, one of Northrop Grumman's cargo, uh, which essentially just burns up in the atmosphere compared to the uh, Dragon module. Um, but the Cygnus one, it's actually got a load of um, hardware on there that's helped improve, improve communications on Earth. Space and that's going to be orbiting around Earth for a good two weeks or so before it burns up in the atmosphere. Um, so it's quite interesting that uh, they'll probably do this quite often anyway, but um, they've actually announced that uh, they've got a lot of tech on there that's going to help improve communications, whether it's going to be faster, a signal or a downlink for uh, sending, just generally sending files during, in space. So um, when you were talking about the dragon there, 
Now, supposed to yesterday that this dragon is going to see the first return of science since 2013, I believe. So it's uh, quite interesting that they're going to be using the dragon to shut science down instead of just uh, just standard cargo. Definitely, and we've also have we have we seen a little while ago um, SpaceX won that uh, contract to supply the NASA gateway around the moon and everything with supplies and they've made a further announcement that um, SpaceX will use the Dragon XL spacecraft to deliver those supplies and um, part of the Atmos program and everything. So we're definitely going to see the XL Dragon at some point. But my question is, would it render the current Dragon module useless if they have the XL version? It wouldn't because the Dragon XL, uh, it's just like a Cygnus capsule, it will be, most likely it will crash to the moon after after the resupply mission or maybe even it will be sent back to Earth, Earth's atmosphere, but it it's not able to re-enter the Earth. Or it could be a habitable uh, little cargo thing that just lands on the moon, <laughs> reuse and all that. I know there is a company that are working, I believe it's NanoRex, that are working closely with SpaceX to try and convert some of the used second stages into miniature space habitats. Yeah, that's an interesting project. So that might be a good use for spent Dragon XL capsules. Definitely, we just saw the uh, the, uh, the new airlock just get fitted to the uh, International Space Station and everything, so that will help improve the International Space Station, how, how long the International Space Station will last, hopefully a good few more years, um, and it probably get, we'll see lots of modifications like Bishop Airlock that's got uh, fitted to the International Space Station, more like that to make it essentially bigger and better than it already is. And I know ULA also announced that they are replacing some of the solar array on the space station as well. So it shows, once again, to verify what you're saying there about a significant upgrade, hopefully extending the life expectancy of the International Space Station. Yeah, I would expect it would get around 5 to 10 years more life for the ISS. Yeah, and as, as you said, the space, not, um, the, those solar panels that they're going to be replacing, they're essentially two or three times better than the current ones, so... Faster recharge, not that they necessarily need it because they have lots of excess power up there, um, but uh, definitely needs replacing. So I imagine those solar panels have been out there quite a while and probably degrading pretty fast right now. And older technology because, you know, the, the ISS is um, fairly old. So, I mean, it's, it's more, we've got more efficient um, panels since then. Still running on Windows XP, isn't it? <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, and ISS was. I think the first module was launched in 1998. So the SpaceX SN9 just did a second static fire uh, less than a minute ago. Yeah, and nice. uh, probably see another, another static fire pretty soon again, as uh, Elon said. And uh, what do you think uh, on the landing on this one? Do you think it'll stick it? It'll be exact same flight pattern as before? Yeah. I think it's the same flight pattern and they will succeed this time. Unless SN9 got some damage when it tipped over in the high bay and it explodes in the air. Yeah, it went a bit sideways in the high bay before it even left the ground. So hopefully yeah. with that, with the flaps, they replaced them, they pinched them, I believe they pinched them off SN10, the, I want to say the left-hand side, uh, top and bottom flaps, they pinched it from SN10. 
Um, but the minus 9, so that's ready to go. Obviously, they've got a reduction load down there, so they're not short of uh, parts when it comes down to something falling over or something needs fixing. So I imagine if anything else does go wrong, they will just fix it within a matter of days or hours, possibly. And uh, I think the flight pattern for the SN9, like you say, will be near identical. Um, it'll just be probably firing up the engines just a few seconds earlier, so they have more of a, a vertical, more of a vertical landing rather than because it was, seemed a little bit too last minute. The that little flip. Yeah, that's possible. I would say so. It seemed like it was expecting itself to be higher in the air than it was along the timeline that it was proceeding. Yeah, because we didn't even see the legs deploy, essentially, in the play, in the playback anyway, from what we've seen. Um, so it just indicates that it was maybe 50 to 100 feet too, too low, maybe. Yeah, or maybe the engine just didn't have thrust. And that came down a bit too fast. <laughs> yeah. And also, just uh, jumping over to another in-development rocket, the mighty SLS core booster over at I believe the Stennis Center. Uh, it's finally completed all the wet dress rehearsals. I think it's had several over the past few months and uh, as I was saying it's then proceeding towards the hot fire test of those massive uh, four engines on the actual center core booster of SLS. Um, very interestingly a lot of people have been refused on-site coverage of this which is slightly unusual for NASA but uh, not completely unexpected I suppose. Did they completely revert press passes or some COVID restrictions? Yeah, I think it's just partially down to restrictions and they don't want people to travel. And also, impartially, this is a very large rocket. And hypothetically, if anything does go wrong, it's going to be a, a massive boom. Because, uh, like we were saying before, with uh, a fully tanked SN9 or even the fully tanked SN, well, booster essentially which is twice as big it's like Aaron was saying with the uh the, that russian rocket that exploded it was the second N1. explosion was it the n1 it was the biggest non-nuclear yield explosion in human history yeah so yeah obviously reasons they don't want too many too much press around if that anything goes wrong with that but not not that it will but it would be nice to see a lot more people down there but i'm sure some people will find a way to uh the long, long scope cameras and everything to get at least some sort of a view down there. And obviously you'll be able to hear it from miles away, so it won't be a complete uh, letdown for all the guys live streaming out there on site. Yeah, and usually the live streams will be the best places to watch. And I'm assuming NASA might just live stream it as well, because they'll live stream the test of the actual side boosters, uh, solid solid rocket boosters, if you like, live streamed all that, so quite possibly just seen that, so just live stream it um, just for the mix of all the space nuts out there, which would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I would say it's highly likely that they will stream it. And heading out into space away from Earth, uh, Perseverance is closing in on Mars and will be arriving uh, February the 18th to join its cousin Curiosity, but uh, NASA just announced mission extensions for Juno, uh, around Jupiter, and uh, the InSight uh, lander on Mars, which is quite interesting. Uh, Juno, launched back in 2011, uh, was planned for a seven-year mission. It was supposed to finish around 2018, but it's now been extended. They haven't exactly said for how long, but uh, they have extended that mission um, around Jupiter and everything, so that's absolutely fantastic. Um, but Juno's mission, just to give you a bit of background on that if you don't know too much about it, um, was to measure Jupiter's composition, gravitational field, magnetic field, Polar magnetic sphere and everything like that. Just 
give us search for more clues about how the planet formed, including whether it had a rocky core at any point, um, or it does currently and everything. So quite an interest in that one, that one. And uh, Insight, uh, that was launched back in 2018. That was planned for around a two-year mission. Uh, it was supposed to finish end of last year or uh, beginning of this year, but NASA had just announced that it has, has been extended on Mars. Um, and they're really hopeful that uh, it can play a part in finding life, current life or previous life on Mars, along with curiosity and per- perseverance very soon. Yeah, and about you, no. Most of the pictures we've seen of Jupiter have been taken by Juno. So it's, well, it has taken, I would think, thousands or even tens of thousands of pictures of Jupiter and the moons. Yes, well, although it's doing all those uh, science experiments, studying the gravitational waves and everything, it's got the all the cameras on there to take those amazing pictures that we keep seeing, seeing almost on a daily basis from NASA. Um just I think the other one, there was one just the other day. I don't know if it was from Juno itself or an older picture from something else. It was the picture of the Saturn. That might not be in Jupiter. We're talking about Jupiter here. So, but, uh, it was Saturn. It was probably Cassini. Cassini, yeah. But uh, some amazing pictures that keep sending out from Juno and Cassini. Everything. Yeah, totally. And uh, just to go on a bit and insight, a bit more information on that. Um, the there to study all like the seismic activity on uh, the Mars as well as just doing all the usual samples and scanning and taking pictures along with like a bit like curiosity and everything and it was also to study the inner interior of Mars as well because we know a lot about the surface within reason um, but we know very little of the inner composition of Mars hence why a lot of the rovers are attempting to drill more down into the surface a lot deeper to see if those minerals that we're hoping are there are actually there and everything. We've, we've found traces, potentially traces of water and everything on Mars and everything else, but is it deeper down under the surface, hidden away, because we have deep lakes within Earth and everything like that, hidden deep beneath the uh, surface and s- slight indications it's on Mars, but for, is any, any trace still there? Probably not, but that's what uh, all the rovers are trying to find at the moment. More exciting discoveries and surprises along the way yeah and about the inside mission still uh, that's the first one we actually uh, heard a clip about uh, mars quake and the rover was the first one to measure a mars quake yeah yeah i mean even you can get some uh, mini quakes on the moon as well which is quite interesting so we always think of when we think of earthquakes, we just purely think of the tectonic plates on, on Earth and everything like that. But it's the same on the Moon, it's the same on Mars. They all have uh, movement of some sort, so, which indicates the core's still active within reason. Although there isn't much of a core on the Moon, There's, there is some still some movement. So you're saying about um, instruments uh, going to Mars, the Perseverance has two microphones on it to try and work out sounds on Mars? Yeah, it's got... The sound and hit fully like 4K video cameras and all sorts on that one compared to Curiosity, they just have very basic and standard equipment. So NASA has said that um, you'll be able to essentially travel along with Perseverance and you'll hear the wind, you'll hear the ground crunching beneath the wheels, um, all within re- the same HD 4K of some sort. Um, but obviously that'll take time to feed back from Mars because... Um, 
downlink from Mars believes it's not even in the megabytes range. I believe it's in the kilobytes range. So when you record something on your phone in 4K, it's quite a large file. So if you imagine sending that all the way from Mars, it'll probably take a good few weeks or months or even more. <laughs> well, they do actually plan to live stream the landing of Percy. So, yeah, I mean, that would probably be in like one or two megabyte range. And what do you think? Will we stream it on on YouTube? I believe we probably will stream it. We'll give it a shot, hopefully, uh, without any technical issues this time. <laughs> being like 35 minutes late to go yeah. live. Yeah, fashionably late, you know. He's, he's yeah. Ryan, he's a diva. He had to uh, do his hair and makeup first. Had to get this right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but um, there's a lot of stuff coming up in the, in the near future that we want to live stream. Um, some limitations with uh, everything going on in the world, but hopefully we can bring you a lot of exciting things going on here on, in the UK. Um, as with some, some of our previous uh, recordings that will be out very soon, um, some invitations that we've had on the show to view some hardware and everything in person, which will be really exciting. Very exciting. Oh, more on that will be next week. <laughs> It was just going to say I'm very excited regarding the competition that we will be doing with Spacebit off the back of our chat last night. And anybody that's watching this after we've been live, it's probably worth checking the Total Space Net Twitter account to see how you can participate in something we've got upcoming very soon. And send something to the moon. <laughs> yep. I mean, just reflecting on that, that little bit nugget of information, um, we were essentially chatting away to him and he essentially just casually just dropped it in there. Oh, by the way, um, you guys can do this if you want. We were just uh, silent for a good 30 seconds, I think. which just completely mind-blowing um, just to reflect on where we've been so far from what, July, August, when we kicked up and everything. We've had just some Skyrora on. We've had some uh, Graham Lowe, Cosmic Biologist and everything. Um Loads of other great guys from over on you on YouTube. Um, endless amount of people, guests being on the show so far, and then for Spacebit to come on, they're going to be the first UK company to go to the moon. And to go along with them, we're not in person obviously because it's the rover, but to for them to come on our show and invite us to put something on that rover and take it take it there is just absolutely incredible. I would agree. And very special as well. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mind blown. Just every every time we asked Spacebit a question last night, we'd get a really, really, really crazy answer that we just didn't expect. And then it'd just leave a thousand more questions in your head that you were terrified to ask through thousands more questions that it might bring up. Yeah, for anyone listening, uh, I recommend you go and check out spacebit.com. Um, if you have a good look on their website, it gives you a good look at their essentially spider rover um on the face of the moon and everything that's actually getting launched on ula's rocket uh on, literally on the maiden flight there just, just on the uh on the lander on there along with uh tj's moon uh thing that everyone's got the name on and everything so it'll be absolutely exciting that one yeah absolutely so before we wrap up has anyone got any questions there on youtube or any of the guys in the discord chat here at that I don't believe anyone's got any questions so far. I think we've just blown everyone's mind by sending things to the moon by the looks of it. <laughs> but uh, we'll wrap it up there, I think. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us again this week on another episode of Space Update. I've been Ryan. 
I've been Mikko, the host of Deep Dive Fridays. Don't forget to check out check us out at patreon.com slash total space if you like what we do and want to support our work. I've been another space nut. Thanks for listening today, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, as Miko said, you can uh, join us on Patreon or on patreon.com forward slash total space. Uh, I want to say a big thank you, thank you to the Angry Astronaut for supporting us, Howard Walker, Samuel Scuro, What About It, Luxan and Sebastian from To The Future, um, I hope Larry, Ramrick, Susie, and Marco. Thank you so much for supporting us and what we do. Um, all those guys there, for everyone out there, they get exclusive content um, from that and get to see everything, everything behind the scenes here. And uh, a few of them are listening in behind the cameras here. So thank you so much, guys, for supporting what we do. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and wherever you get your podcasts. I've been Ryan, and if you'd like to support what we do here, you can find us on. I've said Patreon and everything else, and I'm waffling on. So I'll leave it at that. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great day.